You're listening to the Footprints of Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Ash Gartner. Today on Footprints, I'm joined by Tom Everett, Director of TDC Services, a Melbourne-based consultancy. Tom worked in the industry for more than a decade before taking the leap and launching TDC Services. For Tom, communication is key. The field of engagement means working with contractors and stakeholders to find a solution and the path to finding that common ground can have its ups and downs. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Ash. Now, can you tell me a little about your journey? How did you get into this line of work? Sure. So I graduated university in 2009. Um, I studied games, graphic design. Uh, and a couple of months after graduating, uh, one of my father's friends um, suggested I have a um, have a go at a contract role that his company that he was working for offered. It was to let landholders know about a, an upcoming construction project. Um, I didn't really know about the construction industry at the time or how that all works, but I, I said I'd be happy to give it a go. So this job was actually to let people know about uh, an upcoming pipeline construction project. It was for the Victorian desalination project. So uh, I, I got tasked with letting landholders uh, in the surrounding area know about upcoming construction impacts. I also got tasked with making coffees for the team around me. So it was a pretty basic job that I didn't really have any qualifications for. Um, so given it was a pipeline project, um, it was an 85 kilometre, 40 metre wide construction site going through farmers' properties that cut a lot of properties in half. So making farming operations and, and that um, pretty hard to do while construction was going on. Uh, so the team were uh, who I was working with were bringing in hand-drawn maps to talk to um, landholders and the construction team about what sort of fences we needed to construct through construction, what sort of trees we need to clear and all that kind of stuff. And they were really just sort of crudely hand-drawn maps. Um, one of the handful of um, things I actually learned at university was Photoshop. So I offered to, to draw their maps um, to scale on, on the computer and use a nice sort of clean, fancy legend. So it was a bit more consistent um, showing farmers um, these maps to communicate how we were going to manage their property and also the construction team. So. I uh, picked up that that work. Um, so for the next few months, I was making coffees, letting neighbours in the area know about the projects, about this upcoming construction role, and uh, got to understand the role that the team around me was doing. So that, that was land liaison work. So um, representing the construction contractor to landholders affected by construction after their land was compulsorily acquired by the government uh, and making sure they can still undertake their farming operations while you know, we built the job. So I, after getting an idea on that myself, I started to ask if I could pick up some landholders who were affected by the project myself. And from there, asked to deal with some of the more challenging ones so I could stay on the projects. Uh, working at a pub through uni um, really helped me develop my people skills. And in this kind of work, you, you're dealing with a lot of different people. So I ended up being on that project for about four years. After that, uh, the consultancy I was working with let me manage a, a land access team for another pipeline project. They were looking to seek agreements from landowners to construct a nearly 200k oil pipeline. So similar work, just managing the team um, more on the negotiation side and then um, impact management during construction. Uh, I did uh, did that for a couple of years. Um, I also did a couple of other projects uh, working with Origin Energy. I was a uh, construction supervisor for them, managing some of the construction teams through another construction of a, a pipeline in Western Victoria. 
after that, I got some work with the state government's level crossing removal program. And that was the first comms role that I had. I found that to be pretty similar in a lot of ways to the work I'd, I'd done previously, um, you know, working and negotiating with landholders, um, you know, carefully wording things, um, explaining how we'd manage construction impacts, things like that. So pretty quickly, I became a manager with them after a few months and worked on the government side in the planning stage to look at the designs for level crossing removals and then also the contractors on the ground removing them. So. I did that until about 20, mid 2019. Then I started TDC Services, uh, where I've been undertaking contract work, um, predominantly in the land access uh, space and, and communications work as well. So currently I'm overseeing a land access team, um, negotiating land approvals to construct a gas pipeline in Melbourne's Northwest to shore up uh, Victoria's gas supply um, and doing little odds and ends on the side out of hours where I can. Now, it sounded like early on in your career in that first job, you really demonstrated this real tenacity. Where did that come from? Did you have a real passion and and that's why you were so tenacious in that field or was it just because you you have a great work ethic? Uh, The industry was pretty new to me. Before I started this whole work, I had no idea this this type of work existed so to to get in there and and just um, understand this whole new industry of just keeping people informed and um, getting out and about and, and building professional working relationships with people, I, I found that pretty exciting. So again, I, I had no idea this this existed, and and then to pick up and and run with this role, um, I, I found it pretty exciting. Project work. Um, projects have a start a, a delivery construction phase and then a completion so knowing that it, it's going to end at some point you'll go to another project it, it keeps things pretty interesting so that's I, I do find a lot of value in that amazing now talk me through your decision to take the leap and launch tdc services was there any hesitation in your mind uh look there always is. It's pretty hard to leave a, a comfortable job to go out and start your own business. So um, it was playing on my mind for quite a while. But look, I, I'd sat down and, and gave it some proper thought. I didn't write a 10-page strategy. Um, I just did a bit of a quick table to look at um, people that I've worked with in the past, my, my network, who might give me a job if I was to look at um, starting contract work. And um from there, I just set myself a, a bit of a, a target to say, well, if I can't land contract work in three months, um, I'll just go back to, you know, pick up a full-time job somewhere. So I guess having that that loose plan in place, um, it gives you a bit of comfort to know that you, you've got a way forward there. And if it doesn't work, you can just go back to, to what you were doing. Um, yeah. And was there a moment where you realised that you, you wanted to go down this path? I think with the amount of work happening in the industry, I thought there was a lot an opportunity to to get back into doing contract work. So I, I did a lot through a consultancy um, and to get in there and, and just do odds and ends and I guess go in for a finite period to get a solution in place, um, try to do a good job, impress people and go to another project. That was really um, motivating and, and exciting for me to, to try and get into. I wanted to try and do more more project work where you just go in and provide a solution and then on to the next job. So Now, did you set yourself goals along the way to hold yourself accountable? I'm sure there would be a, a huge transition that kind of takes place when all of a sudden it's your own business. Yeah, the first goal was just to make sure I, I have work. Um, that That's always the biggest one. You, you need to make sure the business is viable. So I got a three-month contract for my first role. 
with TDC and that got me off and running. After that, I, I picked up a pipeline construction management role and that's that contract's going for quite a while now. So I guess that's the first part, just making sure that your business is, is initially sustainable. And then now I'm looking at opportunities to grow the business. Um, I've had opportunities for contractors to work under me, but looking to, to bring on staff is probably the next stage of the, the business. But look, I'm quite happy with where it is at the moment. I'm enjoying what I'm doing, uh, but yeah, I'm looking at some opportunities to grow that. So again, take the next step to grow a little bit further. And um, if I do that, that's even better. Now, some of the projects you have worked on can be contentious. How do you go about dealing with stakeholders when I guess there would be a lot of emotion at play in some of these scenarios? There is. Taking the time to understand issues that people have provides a lot of value. Just just listening to people, sometimes that, that can take quite a bit more time than what you initially forecast that did. But understanding people's issues and being able to uh, get a positive outcome or, or get the best outcome you probably can for people. Um, dealing with construction, you're not always going to make people happy. So the next best thing is um, obviously to let people know what the impacts are going to be and give them as much notice as possible. So I, I guess keeping that in mind, knowing that you, you'll never keep everyone happy, but taking the time to understand people's issues and and do what you can to to work towards a positive solution. Because if you have external stakeholders that are happy with the projects, that's obviously going to help you much easily get to, to a successful project. Was there one project in particular that really stands out for you as one that was a bit tricky to navigate? The, the first project that I was working on was particularly challenging for me. Um, obviously, being that that was my first role in the industry, um, the, the construction site was compulsorily acquired by the state government. So the landholders we were dealing with um, didn't have a say in, in the site um, where it was to be placed and, and construction and all of that. So going into that sort of situation, you, the odds are really against you in, in having um, positive relationships set up. But again, taking the time to build a professional working relationship with some of these landholders, getting to take the time to understand their issues and then establishing relationships internally with people to have uh, the rest of the construction team understand the benefit in having some of these landholders on site or, or having them, uh, you know, mitigating some of their concerns is actually going to make uh, for a more successful project. And I did work with a lot of people who didn't take the time to establish relationships internally. So in this type of work, if you're seen to be advocating for the landholder, you're not necessarily representing the project interests. So it's um, it's about communication internally as, as well as externally. So showing people internally that there is value in actually listening to some of these landholders' concerns and, and putting a solution in place, there is a greater good for, for the project to do that. So having those relationships built internally as well as externally, I found extremely valuable to get a better outcome for a project. Now, the theme of this season of the podcast is leadership through adversity. What are some of the biggest challenges you've faced throughout your career and how did you overcome them? Biggest challenge I had when starting this work is probably my age and the politics associated with that. The first team I was working with um, was about 25 years younger than the rest of the team. It was about 11 at the start of the project. Um, next project, I, I, I managed the team. I was uh, younger than all of them except for one. So my age, it, it became a bit of a, a, a challenge for me personally. Um, 
uh, especially having performance-related discussions um, with people who, who are quite a bit older than you, it can make things pretty awkward. And, and even dealing with landholders, you know, a lot of people who have rural properties might generally be older. So again, um, having this expectation you need to prove yourself to people. Um, the only way I sort of got through that was just taking the time to prove myself to be worthy of the role, I guess. Um, you, you're never going to have people kind of respect you overnight regardless of your age, I guess. But that was the only option I found I really had um, starting this kind of work and, and being younger than, than most people who do that. I did want to ask you, how did you navigate those performance-based conversations with people that were older than you? That would have been an extremely difficult conversation to have. It was. It, it gets pretty awkward. Luckily, I did have a lot of support from my managers. Um, we had some initial discussions prior to that happening, just training me on, on how to sort of get to the point straight away and, and keeping it professional and not getting bogged down in, in little details and, and having a goal as part of that discussion and just getting to that goal. Again, it just comes back to having good guidance and, and leadership from people around you. So while it, it, it's never an easy conversation, um, having that um, support and leadership uh, around you having those discussions um, obviously makes things a, a lot more straightforward or, or easier as easy as it can be. That also applies to just generally the, the work I'm doing. Um, ha- having a supportive team around you, again, be- being in a younger role, um, I did have the support of, of my managers. So keeping that in the back of your mind, knowing that you, you're in this role for a reason and they're supporting you doing that um, gives you a lot more confidence to, to have those types of discussions or, or to lead a team. Now, what are some of the strategies or routines that you have that uh, you've implemented along the way to achieve success? One I do find I use quite often even today, but I I use starting out doing this kind of work was setting myself just uh, calendar reminders. About six months before I started this work, I was in a pretty bad car accident uh, where we hit a horse. And I woke up in the hospital and um, doctors had found that I had uh, some short-term memory loss. They did expect it to be temporary. But obviously going into this type of work, knowing that I I might actually forget things, I I do constantly set myself little outlook reminders and I still do that today quite a bit. So that's one little thing I've I've taken with me to just make sure I deliver on things that I I say I might might do um, as part of meetings or discussions with with landholders. I think I found that to be pretty valuable. And do you find you have other routines as well? Are you quite regimented or I guess what's your approach to, to I guess, yeah, ensuring success day to day? Uh, I, I like to have a plan doing this kind of work, you know, whether it's a big picture thing like starting a business or just what I'm doing for the moment with work is um, writing a, a land acquisition strategy. So again, just just having plans in place and, and these don't need to be 10 page detailed plans. It's really just making sure you've itemized the, the actions that you want to undertake um, and methodically working through that. And, and again, it doesn't need to happen overnight or, or within two weeks or three weeks. It's just structuring a, a process of, of how you want to do things and just probably going back and checking on that to make sure it's it's still relevant to what you're trying to do. It's achievable, but having that plan in place and, and just constantly going back to check that to make sure it's um, you, you are working to the goal that you, you want to achieve. Now, have you had mentors that you've looked up to throughout your career? I have. Um, I'll shout out to Peter Whitty. He, Pete was one of the first uh, people I worked with in this role. Um, he taught me some some basics of property law, which is uh, really applicable to, to what we were doing in the field. He also taught me uh, about strategic writing and the importance that you, you won't always make people happy as part of this work. So again, the, the next best thing you can do is maybe give them information about what's going to happen. 
you won't always be able to achieve that goal of making people happy. I do know it's cliche to say this as well, but um, look, my parents, I, I think, have been pretty instrumental in getting me to where I, I am today. I like to think I've picked up my, my father's work ethic. I, I took a lot from him in the job that, that he does. Just looking at how he works, having a positive work ethic, I, I like to try and take that on, um, you know, putting your hand up to, to undertake additional work, um, which is always sort mm. of prolonging contract work on these sorts of projects and giving you new experience. So, you know, um, also be good to give a shout out to Fiona Hando. Um, she helped me uh, put a bit of this plan together to get this business off and running. Having the right people around you to give you confidence and have a plan in place to at least have attempt have an attempt at, at doing this kind of work. And did they have attributes that you almost wanted to model your own leadership style off of? I did. Uh, so Peter, who, who I spoke about, um, he, he's done this work for quite a while. I saw him very confidently doing this role and engaging with people. So I, I took a lot of learnings from Peter at Dunn. Um, again, my father as well, he sells livestock. So again, dealing with a lot of rural landholders as, as part of his work and picking up how he, he works with people and, and develops a professional relationship with people, um, develops integrity in, in what he does. Fiona, who I mentioned earlier, again, very confident and experienced in her approach. So looking at those aspects from from mentors and and applying them to what you do, I have found one thing from this is, I, I guess, yeah, mentors will always have a lot of good advice. I don't always feel obliged to take everyone's advice. Um, mm-hmm. Your situation is always going to be unique. So I, I guess picking what you find is relevant and, and applying it to your situation um, is always a good thing to do. What do you think makes a good leader? Uh, I've learned a lot in my career about what not to do. Um, I, I've learned from other people's mistakes as well as people's strengths. Um, and I, I find a lot of value in paying attention to that. Recognising the, the team around you, ha- having a reliable team makes makes being a leader or, or part of a project much much more easier and much more yeah, exciting. And reminding your team of, of how valuable they are and, and showing them the value they're bringing to the project, I, I think always makes them feel essential to project success. Making a clear decision and standing by that is probably a big one for me. Uh, I, I've seen instances of where other managers might sit on the fence or either on purpose or just out, you know, not being sure, um, not issuing a clear direction to your team. So, you know, a, a big thing in this role is understanding your audience and making sure you're clearly communicating to them. So having a clear decision for your team is a really big one. Sometimes it can be worse to to make no decision at all than a bad decision. Usually if you're in these types of roles, you're probably making more decisions that are right than wrong. But again, you, you might make some decisions that aren't right through your career. But again, just making a decision and standing by that gives your team confidence and more often than not will, will lead to a positive outcome. Now, to personal life as well, you've also recently had your first child and you described this as the ultimate stakeholder <laughs> management project. I love that. How has life been juggling that as well? Yeah, look, it's it's kept things much more busier, I guess. Um, working from home, there's, there's certainly an advantage of, of seeing more of, of, of my family. Um, it's probably just brought importance to uh, time management, I guess, making sure, you know, not working too long or hours. Um you know, getting back home, spending time with my family. So again, it all just comes back to, to planning, um, making sure that you can separate work and, and, and personal. Now, what piece of advice would you give someone setting out on a similar journey to the one that you've had? Back yourself. Have a plan, not a 10-page strategy that you need to fill in all the, the presets of a template for. Um, really just starting with a simple goal and, and start with that. 
So as I said, my plan was just to try this business idea for a few months. If I didn't land contract work, I'd just go back to to another job. So that was my initial goal. Um, I guess taking calculated risks is always part of it. I started business in, in the industry that I, I know quite well. So that was certainly one aspect of it. Just, just having that plan and, and taking it one step at a time. Um, I did consult a lot of people on this. Um, I've worked with a lot of contractors around me and, and just picking their brain. I was initially nervous about asking people for advice, um, but I found others do like to share their own story on how they've sort of got it off and running themselves. So I did talk to a lot of people and get a lot of support from my network around me. Um, and I'm, I'm starting to see that they've actually found it rewarding to, you know, see that they've influenced me in, a, in this positive direction. My, my partner has been really supportive of starting the business as well. Um, obviously, that's a really important part, having, having your you know, close family supportive of, of what you're doing. So what's next for TDC services and for yourself? Uh, growing the business, I think, like I said, there was um, I've had some opportunities for, for contractors to do some um, ad hoc bits and pieces for me. But looking at bringing on staff will, will be the next um, probably milestone for the business. I've had some opportunities to put teams together for other projects and I'd, I'll be looking to do that probably later in the year. But again, I, I'd like to feel I've, I've achieved the biggest step of just getting off and running and I am quite satisfied with that. But if I can grow the business, um, I'll be even more excited to, to do that. And have you found this a particularly rewarding venture going out on your own and, and seeing it flourish and grow the way it has? Very. It's uh, it's always exciting to see that you've just had this kind of brainwave or this, this idea that was just sort of keeping you up thinking, oh, I wonder I should do that. And to actually sort of put that into play and get this business going and establishing a really strong reputation in this industry, I, I found it's really rewarding. It's personally been very satisfying for me to just get this going. It's been two years, but get, getting that off and running has, has been really satisfying and rewarding. Well, Tom, thank you so much for joining me on Footprints today. It's been great chatting. Thanks, Ash. Thank you for listening to the Footprints of Leadership podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and follow on Spotify to be notified of our next episode. You can find more on our socials at Footprints Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by Giraffe Consulting. If your business is ready for a new perspective, visit giraffeconsulting.com.au.